0: Good morning, folks. Wish to greet you in Jesus' name this morning. It's again a privilege that we can be here. We can meet together. We're allowed to do this in this, in this country. See, it's, it's kind of a rare, a rare day in January. We get to see the sun. <coughs> to see the sun come up in the morning and so it's <clears throat> it's a blessing and a welcome to all of you whether you're normally here or visiting hopefully this can be a time of <clears throat> a time of of spiritual growth for you as levi mentioned there was a little bit of a a little bit of a shuffle, <clears throat> a little bit of a shuffle around in, in schedule, and it's, it was okay, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's fine, though I will admit, I mean, the, well, I was scheduled to preach next Sunday, so I was obviously thinking about that for the last <clears throat> several weeks, and a a particular verse or phrase had been going around in my mind, and when when Brother Leland stated on Friday that he wasn't feeling well and he wasn't sure there may be, need to be another plan come come Sunday, my what I was already thinking about was was a real problem <laughs> because it kind of well it It meant that matthew seven twelve and that is just simply <clears throat> christ's um directive to do unto others like you would like to be done to you was crashing around in my mind. It's like I don't like to study I don't like to try to keep my thoughts together when I'm fevered when I'm sick, so relieve the man <clears throat> so it was it was it was an interesting. An interesting mental exercise that I that I went through for a day or two. Ecclesiastes. I'd like you to turn to. Well, I got to, yeah. Look, Book of Ecclesiastes. We're going to look at a couple verses there to introduce <coughs> to introduce my thoughts for this morning. <coughs> but even one step before that, the next thing that I just I'll, I'll toss out a question here. That's <coughs> Maybe, maybe kind of. No, yeah, it it could stir a little controversy. But um, when do you plan to toss your Bible in the dumpster next? Huh? What? What are you saying? Well, it happens to me that i I carry a. I carry a rather a rather cheap Bible. <clears throat> they they fall apart in about eight or ten years. <clears throat> it's the one I like. The one I prefer to have. And so about every, about every half a dozen to ten years, I need a new one. So then you've got to get rid of the old one. And this year, this year since Christmas basically, I, I went through the exercise of just transferring every marking from my old Bible into the new one. And I just, just got that project done. You ought to do that sometime. Um, and a Bible costs somewhere near the tank. near yeah, It's about equal to a half a tank of gas. So it's something that we kind of understand what it would actually cost. And I don't know. I've, I find it a very interesting and, and good exercise to go back through every marking you've got in your Bible and, and look at that, read it, remember it. And so the book of Ecclesiastes, <clears throat> page through that, and what, what do you have marked in Ecclesiastes? Now, I'm not, I'm not just a huge... Bible-marking person, I don't think. And i got entirely blank pages. But So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, God doeth it, that men should fear before Him. That's, that's at the tail end of that list of, of times for this and times for that, times for the other thing. <clears throat> that men should fear before Him. That's the object of the game. Ecclesiastes 4, <clears throat> Better is a poor and wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. So the old wise king, he, he may well, the writer, may well, it was probably Solomon, he may well have been writing about himself, <clears throat> but a poor wise child could be in a better position. Chapter 7, a good name, verse 1, better than precious ointment. chapter 8 uh, chapter 8 verse 10 i saw the wicked buried <clears throat> so he saw the wicked some wicked people went but it didn't work out that well <clears throat> chapter 12 the last few verses i have i have marked in my bible as well <clears throat> and that's what i'd like to like to highlight a little bit and from this from this take out the i guess a title title for my thoughts this morning Verse 12, well, this, this chapter <clears throat> remember, the, remember the Creator early, because, because it gets harder to do later, let's say. <clears throat> the, yeah, the, the physical body breaks down, and finally, verse seven, the dust returns to the earth, spiritual return to God who gave it. That's kind of the, the full cycle of, the full cycle of life, you might say. <clears throat> verse 12, "And further by these, my son, be admonished. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. His last two verses. Fear God, keep His commandments. In these verses, in the last two verses there, we have God and we have some pairs. We have God and man. We have commandments and work. Commandments, verse 13, work, verse 14. And then we have good and evil. It's like you're, and fear God. Actually, if you look in your Bible, most, most King James Bibles have this. Um, and this is probably what caught my eye. Verse 13, fear God and keep his commandments for this italicized the whole italicized of man. So the italicized words were added to your King James Bible at some point. It was a tweak tweak in a translation to make it slightly more readable, slightly more understandable. But the other other column in my Bible, which is another language, Porque esto es el todo del hombre. (laughs) And it's basically just the same, it sounds to me exactly the same without the italics. So if you read that without the italicized words there, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this the whole of man brings to mind holistic medicine or, or, or the idea of more than just the physical part of man, quote, keeping commandments. If you want to be a whole man, do what? Fear God and keep his commandments. And I guess the question that just came up in my mind is hard. What are those commandments? <clears throat> Young man, young lady, if you were asked to stand up right now, right here, I'll give you 180 seconds, three minutes, just, just give us sentences. What are the commandments? What would you say? Could you answer that in three minutes? <clears throat> middle-aged man, 30, 40, 50-year-old, I'd, I'd call that middle-aged, I guess. Could you define for me exactly what the commandments of God are? Stand up here and give it to me. But but now presume just for for a little bit that I'm that I'm not a European of European descent, Anabaptist training, all of that. If you were to stand up and explain what this little, this little thing that this wise man said, it's the conclusion of the whole matter. I mean, when you, you boil it all down, fear God and blank, keep his commandments. If you're talking to a, Rohingya, a 25-year-old Rohingya refugee who, who was born a Muslim, who was born, who was born with, a, with parents who taught him about Allah and Muhammad and the things you must do, what are the commandments of God? What are you going to tell him? Can you? <clears throat> he has proof he has proof of his religion. He knows he's a Muslim. How does he know? Well, his last name. In 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 Southeast Asia, the, the custom is that that you're you are born, your religion is your religion is marked on your birth certificate. That's what you believe. That's who you are. <coughs> while we're while we're picking it, while we're picking apart verses here, <coughs> I guess I'll, I'll, for those of you who need a a, a sub a, a subject title, just simply that: God's commands. God's commands, and what are they? Norman was reading in 1 John in his devotional this morning. 1 John five. He read some verses a little farther down in this chapter. But I'd like you to read verse 1 John five, verse verse 3. And again. Again, the, this, this, this verse, well, it reads like this, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. <clears throat> don't like to have to explain words in the English language, but grievous. Does anybody know what grievous means? Well, it's, it's a rather old word, but burdensome, or onerous, or difficult. For this is the love of God or maybe better said for this is how to love god or this is yeah this is to love god that we guard that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome or onerous <clears throat> there's a song that there's a song that says that <clears throat> So let, keep looping in your mind, what are the commands of God? Because if it's that important that you know what they are, if that's how you're living, you should be able to articulate them. Now, a description of that, how gentle God's commands, it's in church, song number 391 in the, in the church hymnal. Let's just sing that together. Most of you know it by memory. <clears throat> you need to look at the words you can. How Gentle God's Commands.
1: How gentle God's commands. How kind His precepts are. Come cast. And which bears
0: A beautiful a beautiful poem that somebody put together talking about these commands of God. I mean he he gives us instructions. Under his eye, there's security. Let your weary mind rest with his with his <coughs> with his care. <coughs> Thomas Wilson, another quote that I have. Thomas Wilson and I'm not sure who he was, but it was in a book of quotes that I have, said this, The commands of God are all designed to make us more happy than we can possibly be without them. I thought that was, that was interesting. That was good. Commands of God are, designed, are all designed to make us more happy than we can possibly be without them. <clears throat> commands, laws, rules... In the same quote book, there was another quote that nobody put their name to this one. Just said this Someone figured out that the United States has approximately 35 million laws to try to enforce God's Ten Commandments. Well, that's a little, when I read that, it was like, yeah, that's a little pithy. I mean, if you're going to go to 35 million, as your comparative, um, Leviticus has more than 10. Last time I read through that book, so there was actually quite a few more than ten laws. But that's there's there's a point there's a point buried in there, and we we may get to that <clears throat> a little more. But another another quote, and I don't remember this this one I wrote down. This one I wrote down, sitting in the pews here, I believe in either this building or up in Tangent. But he, the man said this. I don't remember who he was, but he said this: If God's commands seem nonsensical, in other words, if if they seem like nonsense, if they seem hard to follow or ridiculous, if God's commands seem nonsensical, they only seem so to our fallen logic. When you think of fallen logic, think Eve, the Garden of Eden. Think Adam, at the same time, before God even came back. Adam made the choice don't cross eve we'll cross god we'll deal deal with god later in this in this temptation the temptation <clears throat> to eat fruit and so if you notice what i did there i moved your mind to god's command to adam and eve which was not a written command if you think about that God had given them some verbal commands. We have the Bible. We have God's Word nicely consisting of 66 books put together, all tied up here in in our hand. And we have that, God's story. The story of God's dealing with man. But God's commands predated the writing of the law. In the adult Sunday school class, we're going through this this out-of-Egypt... Red Sea, Amalek, Amalek causing a problem this morning. But before that, think about Abraham. Think about Abraham following God. God had commands. Abraham had a problem with that. Abraham had a problem trusting that God was indeed accurate. He did really well sometimes. And other times, well... He agreed to his wife's plan for a successor. He became a polygamist. Not God's original plan. Then again, Abraham didn't have. I mean, Exodus, the Ten Commandments came after that. But that, that doesn't end well. <clears throat> Think about Isaac and Rebekah. Jacob and Esau. Difficulties, trouble, stress, <clears throat> threats. Near murder. Where are God and all of his laws? As, as, as you just run your mind down through those, those Old Testament stories of, of what happened on various generations Isaac and Jacob, <clears throat> Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau is what I was meaning. The difficulty when God's rules, when God's laws are ignored. Finally, we get down. After Jacob, you have Joseph. <clears throat> I guess I, I like to go through these stories in my mind. Think about Joseph, the young son of Jacob, sold to some human traffickers. I suppose that's, that's what they were. Kidna- kidnapping and trading, selling. There was, a mar- there was a market for young, healthy 16-year-olds in Egypt. They'd pay money. Joseph was hauled off. We see a terrible thing. Where, where are God's rules, God's laws in all of that? <clears throat> 225 years later about Moses is ready to leave Egypt 400 years after God told Abraham you can have you this 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 land is pure for you look around <clears throat> Moses left Egypt still no written law from God no written rules nothing written down and I'd like to the clock goes on here um Exodus thirty four think about thinking about God, and we are going to get to we're going to get current here pretty quickly. But let's let's look at look at some actually Deuteronomy four. You can turn to that. I'll read you Exodus thirty four, twenty seven. I've got that one printed down here. God's first written commands and what he had to say about them. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. Neither did he did neither eat bread nor drink water, and he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. <clears throat> that's, that's God telling Moses to write. Obviously some, some, some education had gone on, and, that, and that's actually a question. In the whole Moses, I mean, be, beyond that, Joseph, Joseph's brothers, Jacob. Were those people literate or were they, were they not? I've, I've wondered. Don't, don't know that it hasn't been answered definitively for me. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 4, let's read verses 2 through 10. And this is God talking. God... Verse 1, Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor. For all the men that follow Baal Peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you this day. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that ye should do so in the land whither ye go to possess it. as all this law, which I set before you this day. Only take heed to thyself, and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, <clears throat> when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. (coughs) Direct instruction to to people about or for what to do with the instructions, (coughs) God's laws. Just a, a little bit of a side note there. Teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Just a just something to remember. You're not only resp- man, you're not only responsible, according to what Moses was telling these people, you're not only responsible to teach your sons, but your grandsons. And there were specific things. You just, and, and for sure remember that, that that incident back there in Horeb. <coughs> Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. Now which ones, which ones are you keeping? This story continues. God, God communicating with humanity. God communicating with mankind. <clears throat> from, from the time of Moses here, when Moses was telling this people, and a lot of this was happening before they went into their, while well, they were still, um, well, they were still camping on, the, on this 40 on this year, 40 year camping trip in the wilderness. Manna, quail, tabernacle, pillar of cloud and fire. God was, God was, was very, very closely involved. <clears throat> and he continued on working then through the judges, through the prophets, through the kings. God worked with his people always. He always wanted his people to choose his ways. Remember that today, that God still wants his people to choose his ways. A A couple thousand years later, I'm guessing. It actually wasn't quite that long. God sent His Son to earth 2,000 years ago. God sent Christ to earth to be, the, to be a tangible, in the flesh, demonstration of God's ways or God's, <clears throat> God's commandments, how He wanted, wants man to live. Did Christ bring a new commandment? You can that. That's a question. Our Bibles are divided: the, the New Testament and the Old Testament. And I think that's that's for a, that's for a reason. There was there was a time. God's God's instructions did indeed change somewhat. Adam and Eve got their instruction in a little different format than did Abraham, which was a little different than Moses. And when you, get to the, when you get to the New Testament and you read about, about the religious, what the Jews, the way the Jews worshipped and lived, they were still trying to follow God, follow God's commandments. But they had developed. It had developed into, into quite a list of rules. <clears throat> so when Christ came and he was living, he was living within his culture. Same thing you're asked to do today you're You're asked to live here in North American culture, not Southeast Asia, nor yet the Middle East. <clears throat> but did Christ bring a new commandment? i've got a couple of quotes here as well. This is from the um, International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. It was called an article by a Thomas Rees. <clears throat> he says this, There is a sense in which Christ propounded no new commandment, but the new thing in his teaching was emphasis laid on the old commandment of love and the extent and intent of its application. <clears throat> you can jump to the New Testament. Jesus, a scribe, Matthew twenty two, we know that we know that story where where a scribe came to him and said, you know, trying to pin him, asked him what was the first and greatest commandment of the law. Of the law. Well, in Matthew twenty two, you can read that. Let me just turn there. Matthew twenty two thirty four. Now, yeah, the lawyer asked him a question which is the great commandment in the law. Thou shalt, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You can find those two. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, you find one of them. Leviticus nineteen, eighteen, you find the other. Those were, indeed, Jesus citing, citing Old Testament law. Old Testament, God's, God's written communication to to, human, to humankind. The other thing Jesus did was moved it to principle instead of law. <clears throat> and again, this is a, a quote from this Thomas Reese. He makes this, made this statement that when the law becomes, or it realizes itself as love for God and man in man's hearts, it ceases to bear the aspect of a command. At this point, the law becomes a principle, a motive, a joyous harmony of man's will with the will of God. And in becoming internal, it becomes universal. It transcends all distinction of race or class. <coughs> when, we, when we can get a hold of that concept, that, the, that what the law actually is, and Jesus was pushing hard on that, so they had the, they had the Mosaic law, they had all of their religious rules, you can say that it could be boiled down to the Ten Commandments. Jesus boiled it on down to two commandments, says, "No, how about just, just get these two? The love and the neighbor. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself." If you can get that, you've got the entire law. Jesus was aware that it was a little different <coughs> a little different message. Um, there's some verses in like John 12 and John 10 where he says, "Yeah, I know it's, it's kind of a new message, but this is about love." And I just I want to take your minds for just a few minutes here to think about <clears throat> think about the law, think about law, and think about the conclusion of the whole matter: fear God and keep His commandments. And if you if you <clears throat> If you take from these this cooking down that Jesus did the first the great commandment love the lord love your neighbor Jesus life was that thing of loving and it got really it got really intense yes you can do all these things but love is where it's at <clears throat> I'd like to take your mind with with me through so this 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 event was, is recent history. 1900 years ago, 1990 years ago, about Jesus Christ with the disciples, Last Supper. The disciples didn't know it was the Last Supper. They were just going to another Passover supper. There's one of those every year. Was for as long as I can remember, remember and we're planning to go to these for the rest of our life. Betrayal. Jesus, sitting with his twelve. Yes, there was actually some miracles that happened to get them into that room. Found the room. Jesus, sitting there, betrayed. Judas stands up, walks out. Now think about Christ's love. What he was, what he was demonstrating. <clears throat> they sung a hymn. They went to the garden. Sleepy disciples. They're not seeing what he's seeing. He knows that. They're present, but unengaged. A arrest happens. A bunch of thugs. Peter <clears throat> Peter suddenly becomes very engaged. A sword in hand takes off an ear. Bad aim. Malchus is good at ducking. We're not sure exactly what happened. But there was swords there. There was there was and, and, and swords wasn't just, just a knife in today's terms. It was it was full military equipment Christ said stop that's not that's not that's not love and he he sparked the arrest and healed an ear a miracle I personally think I personally think that cop Malchus the 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 servant of the high priest I personally think well I don't think he could have He could have been healed in that case and three years later still been ignoring Jesus' or the teachings of Jesus' followers. I think he was I think he that converted him eventually. But trial. Now go with your mind to Christ of the trial. The feeling of desertion. His disciples fled. The rooster crowing. That worse than desertion. Peter. Swearing like a sailor that he doesn't know him. But then Christ wound up at the crucifixion and his words, Father, forgive. Christ loved, Christ forgave, Christ asked the Father to forgive. And I guess that's what this transpired and was so well documented for us that you and I can know what God's commandment for us really is. Husband. The verse from Galatians, Husbands, love your wives. To what extent? Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. <clears throat> thirteen times in the New Testament we're directly instructed, or, or it's probably more than thirteen times. That was just a really, real quick search. Love one another is, is, is repeated thirteen times. But the outworking of sacrificial love Is forgiveness. That's what I was. That's what I was wanting to get to and point to. Christ's love. Christ's love moved beyond simple love. The action. What comes next? what, What comes out of a sacrificial love is forgiveness. And if we can take that principle, get a hold of that principle, that that finally loving the Lord. With your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the first commandment, and loving your neighbor. We say we can do that. But when it comes down to to close human relationships, me relating with with you, there's rubs, there's offenses, there's difficulties. But if you can remember that the outworking sacrificial love is forgiveness. Forgiveness. few more a few more quotes this time from this time from the new testament <clears throat> this is what mark said jesus told the man jesus answered him the first of all commandments is this Hear, O israel the lord our god is one lord and thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength this is the first commandment the second is like namely this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself There is none other commandment greater than these. That's how Mark remembered that happening. And lastly, Hebrews 10, verses 16 through 25. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts. And in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Let's have a closing song.